there. Welcome to Beauties and Banter, a lifestyle podcast where we are relevant, witty, and opinionated. Okay, y'all, the banter is brewing. It's time to sip some tea, so let's get into it. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) Happy Sunday. How are you? I am good. Happy Sunday to you as well. (laughs) So you have to tell me what is giving you life this week. What's giving me life is my favorite IG couple, the Ellis's. I so love them, and they are so freaking cute. I was scrolling through IG today and came across their latest post. The wife, Kadeen, was talking about the Christmas tree. So um, she was like, you know, I know y'all been talking about us with our Christmas tree up, and it's been up because somebody has not put uh, taken it down yet, which is the husband. Um, gosh, I forgot his name all of a sudden. Duvall. Duvall. which is the husband Duvall she's like he hasn't taken it down yet and he was like and I haven't taken it down yet because somebody wanted it up longer she said because you put it up late and so she was like that's okay y'all can talk about us in the Christmas tree about the Christmas tree because you know the comments just be lit and people (laughs) are trolling them Mm so she was like y'all can talk about us you can talk about us all you want to the Christmas tree is now a, a Christmas plant it's just a big old tree in the house is what it's going to be. <laughs> and it's going to be lit, lit just like me. And then she turns on the light. She starts, like, posing in front of it. And she was doing it in the Snapchat filter. So it was freaking hilarious. <laughs> and I was like, I just love them so much. And he's like, I look, I'm trying to watch the game. You talking about you and this Christmas tree being lit. She's like, I'm just saying. I'm just lit. He's like, yes, dear. You, you're lit, babe. You're, you're lit. Yes. Let's get <laughs> the game. So I just love them, and they are so cute, and that's what's giving me life. What's giving you life this week? Uh, So what is giving me life this week is life itself. I am feeling hashtag blessed. Hey. And and I'm just happy, and I'm peaceful, and I'm content, and I'm grateful. Um, This morning at my church, Pastor was talking about work-life balance and he talked about the different life stages that we're in and the different seasons of life and I do I feel like I'm in a harvest season of my life and a lot of seeds that were planted um in prayer and faith over the years are starting to um bloom and I'm in a place where I am celebrating that and I think so many times we can be I say addicted to struggle and, you know, always assuming that there's something like bad going on in our lives and always, oh, I need prayer for this and I need, you know, things are not perfect at all in my life. But I'm like, no, I refuse to be like addicted to struggle or making it like, oh, I'm in a bad spot. I'm in a good place and I'm celebrating that. And I would encourage other people to as well. Don't try to disguise your blessings or hide your testimonies if you are in a good place and you are experiencing abundance you know that was my word for 2019 and I already am feeling it um a month in and um so life is giving me life I'm grateful because I know tomorrow it all could change amen say that again for the people in the back okay you got to live in the moment 
Um, we are all on borrowed time, as one of my friends always reminds me. So got to um, be grateful for every step of the journey. And right now, my journey is in a good place. So that's what's giving me life. All right, now. <laughs> now, to go in a little different direction, uh, today's podcast topic is all about are we becoming too politically correct and sensitive as a nation? So um, we wanted to talk about this because a couple of recent things have been in the news. But I think when you think overall, just where we are because of the president that we have and how much is being said about that, you know, and you will rarely hear Renee and I talk about Trump on the podcast. You'll never get a podcast from us dedicated to that because I don't believe in putting my energy there. I don't like him no more than the next person, you know, but it's amazing to me when I scroll through my social media feed and see the people who hate him, who spend so much energy dedicating posts about him, getting in battles with other people on Facebook about him. I know people who have lost friends and, you know, don't associate with family members, you know, all of this because of, you know, their different opinions on politics. And I just think overall, like everybody is so angry and sensitive and it's just like, calm down, everybody. Right. I don't have time to be like, oh, that with with 45. (laughs) I don't even have time. I'm not going to call him the president. He is 45 to me. So number 45, whatever. Yeah. So get my time and energy. Right. Um, So we see that a lot. And, you know, listen, I it's not like, oh, I'm just blind to it. I I have business relationships uh, with people who are MAGA. I mean, like straight red hat or whatever. And at the end of the day, I ain't trying to mess up my coins. <laughs> so I res- have to respect and have a productive working relationship with this person. And so I don't let politics get in the middle. I know he supports him, you know, and I just choose not to discuss it. We have found a way to not bring it up. And I'm not going to put my energy towards that. And I'm not going to become so sensitive that I'm getting in battles with him or that I'm unable to work with this person because of their views. But that is not the case with a lot of people. And I think we see that played out in a lot of ways. Right. So one scenario that we wanted to discuss was around the Women's March. So the Women's March took place yesterday in D.C. and there were all these movements around the country and one of the co-founders Tamika Mallory has come under fire um, and for the past year there have been calls for her to step down she is one of the founding co-chairs of the Women's March so for those that don't know Tamika Mallory was one of the founding co-chairs of the Women's March, which was started days after Trump took office. And so they're going into what their second year. And so she last year was photographed with Louis Farrakhan when attending Savior's Day, which is one of the holiest days 
um, in the nation of Islam. And because of Farrakhan's remarks on um, people of the Jewish faith and religion, um, he is considered anti-Semitic. Uh, I'm probably not. He's considered an anti-Semite and his remarks are anti-Semitic. And so people wanted her to denounce Louis Farrakhan because of remarks that he's made around that. And Tamika has stated while she doesn't agree with those remarks and she herself is not um, anti-Semitic, that she still respects his contributions to the black community. And so they've called for her to step down for over a year. And so leading up to the march, her and the co-founder went on The View to discuss it. And y'all's favorite, not mine, Megan McCain, um, tried to come for her. And so we're going to play a short clip of it. And the voices that you'll hear will be Megan McCain of The View, Bob Bland, who is a woman with the name Bob, who is the other co-founder of the Women's March, and Tamika. And so what I will say is that basically Tamika has not stepped down, will not step down, and her team supports her in this. But society in general, a lot of people are calling for her to denounce Farrakhan. Um, so this is the type of political correctness that we're talking about. So listen to this short clip and we'll be back. <laughs> that the Women's March unequivocally condemns anti-Semitism, bigotry. Condemn Farrakhan's remarks about Jewish people. Yes, and we have repeatedly in statement after statement this year, which are available directly on our website for anyone to read. We condemn any statements of hate and we've actually been working so hard over the last two years to fight this type of hate over and over again and we're committed to repairing any harm because we understand that the Jewish community is feeling hurt right now and we want think, to make I sure conf- I don't speak for Jewish people but I think I'm just confused Th- these remarks are yeah. I mean it goes on death to Israel over yeah, and over so again we did not make those remarks we did not make- you can't but put you're associating with a man and who so does publicly I, what I will say to you is that I don't agree with many of Minister Farrakhan's statements that's specifically a, that's, about Jewish people as I said I don't agree with many of Minister Farrakhan's statements Do you uh, condemn them I don't agree with these statements. At the end of the day... You won't condemn it. No, no, no. To be very clear, it's not my language. It's not the way that I speak. It is not how I organize. And I think it is very clear over the 20 years of my own personal activism, my own personal track record, who I am, and that I should never be judged through the lens of a man. Okay, so she told y'all, I do not agree. I do not agree. I do not agree. And Megan was like, but you won't condemn it. What, but you won't condemn it. So what is this about? Like, now you want to bully her into using the language you prefer to condemn and denounce him when she's already clearly stating that she doesn't agree. And she has over 20 plus years of activism that should show you that she is not in support of that kind of bigotry and hate. Yes, Megan Pot Meat Kettle. I mean, come okay, on. you need to get out your feelings, sweetheart, because you are totally in them right now. The reason why you're in your feelings is because people bully you and they make you feel a certain type of way for your views mm-hmm. and what you support. And so, what you're doing is you're t- trying to reflect those um, those same feelings onto Mallory to make her feel a certain way and to say things when. I mean, Tamika, I'm sorry, Tamika Mallory. 
And when you think about it, she's been an activist for years. Like you said, Toya, over 20 years. She's been an activist since she was a young girl. She worked for Al Sharpton's organization, NAN, National Action Network, a nonprofit organization for um, civil rights. She later became the director for them. This is her life. She's an advocate um, for feminism, for Black Lives Matter, for gun control. So to say that she stands for all, quote-unquote, of Farrakhan's views is just an assumption. And, Megan, we all know what they say about assumptions, right? Right. So, like she said in the interview of The View, she just because she's in the same space as someone doesn't be- mean that she believes in everything that they say. Come on. Really? Yeah. And I do. I, and you're right. Megan is a part of a party, the Republican Party, that Donald Trump is a part of. So are you saying that you agree with all of his remarks, all of the hate that he spews, the assault that he's done on women? Because you're still affiliated. And so if if Tamika is affiliated with Louis Farrakhan through work that she does in the black community, that doesn't mean that she stands for everything. So are we at this point of height of sensitivity to where even if people associate with people, you are attaching them to them? And I liked what she said. I should not be viewed through the lens of this man simply because of my association. Some of y'all's family members make racist remarks, homophobic remarks, support 45. Are you denouncing your crazy uncle? Are you denouncing your mom and daddy? (laughs) Your husband. (laughs) Right, your husband. There are a lot of, you know, married people who do not agree on fundamental issues, you know. And so why do we bully people you know, and try to say, well, you have a platform and you this, this, this. Yes. And she is using that platform to clearly communicate who she stands for and who she doesn't. And and it's just like not enough for some people. And I think that's what was frustrating watching that clip and frustrating to where the world, you know, in a sense, you know, is calling for that. Megan is out of pocket. Like, Like Bob Bland was saying, they have talked to people in the Jewish community. They have addressed that any apologies that Tamika or the organization needed to make, it is with those people. What does she owe you, Megan McCain, to say condemn and then you want to force her to use language? So, no, sit sit down, ma'am. No, ma'am, Pam. Right. She owes you nothing. Yeah. What the problem is, is that we need to hold people accountable or, or we're just we are looking to hold people accountable at a level that we're not willing to hold ourselves. So Megan, like I said, pot me kettle. You are not holding yourself accountable for the same questions that you are asking Tamika. And that right there is not fair because you, when people ask you about president, um, 45, I'm not going to call him by his name. So when people <laughs> ask you about 45, you get all in a huffy and a puffy about it. And you get upset about it. And, I would have to ask you the same questions. Do you condemn the things that he said? Mm-hmm. His homophobic slurs? His racism that he's blatantly put out there? Do you condemn um, all the, the pathological lies that he's talked about? Where he said he says one thing and then he goes back and says something else that he didn't say it? So put yourself in those same shoes. And you've got to also hold yourself to that same standard that you're trying to put other people to before you start to point out something else. Exactly. 
and he doesn't. Uh, I mean, he and she doesn't. She'll use the same language. I don't agree, you know, with him. I've said that. So again, don't try to force Tamika into that. So, you know, that's just one example. On a little bit of a lighter note, um, the Kevin Hart example, I think, is another example of, you know, someone being punished for comments made in their past that are now being brought up in the present. People love digging up stuff and it forced him to step down from the Oscar. So we talked about this a little bit um, last week on the Hot Topics, but Kevin Hart was set to host the Oscars. He spoke about how this was a lifetime dream of his, that all the work that he had done, he felt like was leading up into this point. He was excited about it. Tweets that he made in 2009 um, that were deemed homophobic and anti-gay were drug up. And the Oscars asked him, once those comments were drug up and started going viral on social media again, to apologize. And he did not want to because Kevin Hart had already previously, a few years back, addressed that, apologized for it. You knew that before you booked me for the Oscars. I'm not doing it again just because everyone wants to be sensitive and to be politically correct again. And so I'm going to play this clip of Kevin Hart um, stating, you know, what he will not be doing. <laughs> so I just got a call from the Academy, and um, that call basically said, Kevin, apologize for your tweets of old, or we're going to have to move on and find another host. Talking about the tweets from 2009, 2010. I chose to pass. I passed on the apology. The reason why I passed is because I've addressed this several times. This is not the first time this has come up. I've addressed it. I've spoken on it. I've said where the rights and wrongs were. I've said who I am now versus who I was then. I've done it. I've done it. I'm not going to continue to go back and, and tap into the days of old when I moved on and I'm in a completely different space in my life. The same energy that went into finding those old tweets could be the same energy put into finding the response to the questions that have been asked years after years after years. We feed in the internet trolls and we reward them. I'm not going to do it, man. I'm going to be me. I'm going to stand my ground. Regardless, Academy, I'm thankful and appreciative of the opportunity. If it goes away, no harm, no foul. So I just... uh, he said what he said. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that he said that too. I like that he took a stand and he's like, I'm not going to apologize for something that I've already apologized for. Like, let mm-hmm. it go. Yeah. Like, let it go. Seriously. Yeah. And basically now the Academy does not have a host. And for the first time in 30 years, it will go hostless. There are celebrities now talking of not attending. They are saying the ratings will probably be the lowest ever. Advertisers will potentially pull out. So that's this thing. People want to determine what's right and what's wrong and want people to apologize, condemn, denounce, to please them. But they don't think about the impact that that has. So what? Tamika decides to step down now. Do you know the impact that the Women's March has had, not just on this nation, but all over the world? And how losing a voice like that would um, hurt, you know, the organization as well as impact millions of women? And now that Kevin Hart was forced into a box and he refused to give in, like Tamika refuses to give in, the Oscars now could potentially lose money. And so these internet trolls, you know, don't, don't see that. 
And I don't want to just make it about the internet trolls because I recognize that with the Tamika situation, there are people of the Jewish community hurt by that. With uh, Kevin's, there are people of the LBGTQ, (laughs) I think I said it right, hurt by that. Um, And so both of those people have had conversations with those communities to make it better. Kevin Hart went on the Ellen show as a display to, you know, reiterate that he's not anti-gay. Tamika has tried to do the same. And it's just like, that's still not good enough for some people. You know, the crazy thing to me is, is that Kevin, when he did this, he did it at a young age, like he said. Mm -hmm. So he's grown from this. So he has a different, and when you grow, sometimes you change your mind. Um, And what he said at the time, he talked about his personal experience and what he, and where he was and what he said, if his son was to come home and say that he was gay, he would have a problem with it. That's how he would deal with it. It has nothing to do with how he treats people outside um, of of his family. He's just saying that he would have a difficult time. This is how he would react. And I think he's in my belief, the way that I heard it and, you know, it's, diff- it's different for me to say that I will be offended by it because I'm not LGBTQ community, but I do support them. So I can't empathize. I just can't relate. Right. But it seems like what he was saying is he was saying that I would have a problem if my son came home to say this. And this is how we re- would react. And he made it into being a funny situation to mm-hmm. get a laugh out of it. Um, and like I said, he has since apologized and he has since grown. Let it go, people. And also do your research. Yes. If you would have done your research, you would have found out why he said it, how he said it, and what the meaning was behind it. And that the fact that he apologized. Like he said, the same energy you put towards digging it up and bringing it up like it happened yesterday, put that same energy towards, you know, the comments that I made after that and the apologies, etc. Yes. Yes. And I love, too, that he took it a step further and he talked about, I, I don't want to be an ally for the community. Like, I'm not interested in taking this banner and now being like, you know, an ally. And I think that's fair, too, right? Like, you can respect, you know, people of a certain community and demographic without, you know, taking on the banner of it. You know, I have friends who can support um you know, the African-American community and all the efforts of Black Lives Matter without joining the organization. Like, you know, just because you don't march and just because you don't hashtag Black Lives Matter does not mean that you aren't uh, caring about the police brutality that has happened in a young Black man. And so that's what I think Kevin Hart is saying. Like, I'm not going to take this apologize, do all this extra stuff, go speak at the GLAAD Awards, try to partner up with somebody from the community because I'm not interested in being, you know, this spokesperson. I'm good. I, I apologize. I respect it. And and that's it, right? But, you know, there are some people who like, well, you can make this better if you do this with, you know, a person of the community and do that and partner here. And he's like, yeah, no. And, and like, why do we, why can't people respect that and still see that as that does not mean he hates this group of people, you know? I'm like uh, Blue Ivy when she was sitting with her mom and dad at the Grammys and they kept clapping for <laughs> She was like, come on, like, settle down, take it down. Yeah. Like, we don't need all that. That's right. how I feel. Like, I feel like that. Let's take it down. We're at a 10. 
let's bring this on down to about a seven or eight. Yeah, I feel like America needs to collectively take a deep breath and downward dog. <laughs> like, Relax when they release. Let's <laughs> do a collective yoga session as a nation. <laughs> right, exactly. Let's do the yoga challenge. Right. So somebody who is interested in never being politically correct is your girl, Cardi B. Yes. So I totally love and I like when celebrities are using their platforms to be politically charged and incorrect. <laughs> uh, and Cardi B is the leader of that at this point. She gets the winning award uh, because recently she talked about the government shutdown and how people need to be more aware of how the president's um, has ordered federal workers to go back to work without getting paid. Not I said, Renee. Okay. If I'm a federal worker, you gonna pay me. Pay me my money. Cut the check. Exactly. <laughs> so she was like, he's doing this all for a wall. Now, she didn't say it like that, so I'm definitely paraphrasing, because we know that Cardi, while I may not agree with how she said it, with some choice words here and there, um, I do agree with what she said and, and that she stood her ground and just trying to educate. She said it in a way that her followers can accept. Right. And, and say, oh, I get it. Like, okay, this makes sense to me. I need to make some different decisions or I need to be more involved or maybe I need to learn more about politics. Exactly. And you're right. Like, she's like, I said what I said, you know, and she did. She did. She broke it down to her followers. Like, listen, people not getting their Medicaid, they not getting a um, Section 8. They're not getting their WIC. So she's like, that mean your grandmama can't get her high blood pressure pills. That mean you can't go get your hoo-ha checked out. You know, like, so, like, this is what's happening. And it was like, you know, wake up. And I think it's great when a celebrity can connect with their followers in a way to where you can like talk trash and talk about twerking. I think she had some twerking video come out last week or something. But she can also talk politics so that like you all need to become more aware of what's happening and that can be impactful in galvanizing um, a community. You know, just like all of the celebrities who use their influence behind the Centoya Brown case that we talked about last week. Um, no matter how she says it right or wrong, you, she can be impactful in bringing people together. Taylor Swift, she was very impactful um, in getting uh, millennials to register to vote um, last year, you know, by her coming out and supporting the vote campaign. And what, what I love the most, too, is when Cardi did this, is that it went viral. It mm-hmm. got back to some of the um, senators, and they tweeted it. Well, they wanted to tweet it. They wanted to tweet out the video, but they went back and forth and saying, I really love what Cardi was saying in this video, but <laughs> I don't want to tweet it out because of the language that's involved in it. See? But another senator jumps in and says, I feel the same way. I'll do it if you do it. And then he comes back and says, mm, I don't know. Let me think about it. Don't hold your breath. And so the other guy, then some other guy comes in and says, I'm still holding my breath. What y'all going to do now? See, that is to bring awareness. They bought awareness to what's going on. She talked about how she felt in her words mm-hmm. that brought awareness to everybody. That video has gone viral. But see, that's another example of political correctness because those senators are afraid to retweet it. 
Because then they have to turn around and denounce or condemn her because everybody would be like, well, that one time when she said this about that, do you support, you know? So, and it, we shouldn't be that way. Like, why are we that scared to, um, you know, share our views, you know, share what we agree on with other people? Like, we should be able to do that and still, like, get along and be peaceful. Okay. I couldn't get it out. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to work on it. Sometimes I can get it. Sometimes I can't. <laughs> I can never get it. So you do it way better than me. Um, and I want to talk a little bit, too, about this, what I call the dragging culture, right? Um, so this idea of uh, Kevin Hart, for example, says this. And now everyone who was impacted by those negative remarks, so in this case, it would be the LGBTQ community, is like, we going to drag him. You know, it's very similar right. to speaking about my own girl, Beyonce, and my own group, the Beehive. Hey, y'all. Y'all, y'all crazy. It's just like when they left out, they leave bees under, you know, people's comments um, if they say something bad. And so... I want to talk a little bit about this dragon culture because I think it's dangerous. So like two examples I can think of is speaking of Beyonce. So there's a um, popular like blogger called Funky Dineva. And she was, you know, uh, does this show. I'm not sure how many people are familiar with it, but it's called the Queen's Court, Queen's Supreme Court. Um, but this girl named Kaya used to host it with another lady named T.S. Madison. Anyway, Google it. But it's like a live um, a live online show. Funky Dineva is a character, right? The actual guy is a guy named Quentin Latham, but he puts on a wig, puts on makeup, and he becomes this character, Funky Dineva. And he started kind of just doing reviews of like Housewives loving hip-hop, but he takes on this whole other character. And that character is very politically incorrect and on one of these shows where he was on this queen supreme court he said that blue ivy was ugly and everybody came for for him and he had to issue an apology video and he did say that when he looked at it he as the man quentin latham he was like i was wrong to talk about a child even though i was in character but he was definitely pressured into that right and then I think about Barbecue Becky. Like, we all remember Barbecue Becky, the lady who called the cops on the black folks just trying to enjoy their barbecue because she said they was using char- <laughs> charcoal, right? What I remember about that, I remember watching it and laughing and being like, this heifer, right? But there were people who went and found her place of work and it was like, call her office, let's get her fired. So, again... Why do we dedicate our time and resources to dragging people to the point of ruining their lives? So I will give this other example, too. So I have a friend who gives out. Let me say this real quick. Oh, yeah. Jump in. Let me say this real quick. In all fairness, some people do need to get dragged. I mean, because some of the things that they say and do are just a little bit too out of pocket. So sometimes that does need to happen. And they do need to lose their jobs because... You know, it's just crazy. 45 should have lost his job and should have never been where he is now, but that's a whole nother issue and a whole nother podcast that we'll never talk about because we're not going to give him the energy. Right. All right, go on. <laughs> Listen, you can drag somebody, but to me, when it comes to ruining their life 
or getting them out. You know, I mean, come on. Yes, it was rude what she did, calling the uh, cops on those people. But should she lose her job for that? No. And I don't think of it from the employer standpoint, too. The employer starts to say, well, do I want to be associated with all of this mess? Sure. So maybe she was a good employee, but because of the now backlash that's on her, they're pressured into doing something that they didn't have intentions on doing. Exactly. And and if her employer decides that, baby girl, you bad press, we are going to let you go. That's up to them. Right. But I see people forcing that like this is who she works for. Here's this, this, this. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Before it was like before we even realized who she was, somebody dug up her information and then they plaster it all on social media here because she, she was a professor at Stanford University. Here's her, you know, department number da, 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 call them. And I'm like, whoa, like this person did not commit a crime at the end of the day. Right. Like. Funky Dineva calling Blue Ivy ugly was wrong as hell, right? But I think when we drag people to the point to where we start threatening their life or threatening their livelihood, that to me is another case of just being way too sensitive. Um, So I'll give this other example. I have a friend of mine who gives uh, relationship advice from a man's perspective, and he um, has like, you know, he's trying to build his Instagram. So he's following a bunch of people. Like if he feels like they're talking about relevant topics and stuff. So he followed this girl, she followed him back. And once she went on like his blog and watched some of his videos, she was not having it. Um, and particularly a post that he wrote around, you know, women being encouraged to, Basically, if your man has a problem with your weight or anything, you know that you should, you know, do your best to keep it tight, as Destiny's Child used to say, and cater to you. So she did not agree, and she felt like he was, you know, this is typical toxic masculinity, etc. But basically, this girl, now this guy does not have a whole lot of followers, and Renee knows who I'm talking about. Um, and so I, I hadn't even told her this story yet. But he does not have a lot of followers. But this girl went Facebook Live to talk. She went Facebook Live, tagged his page, took a screenshot of his personal Facebook profile. What you say now? Went live talking about we need to drag him and this is the kind of toxic masculinity that needs to not be out there. She's a member of the LGBTQ community. And is also in like an interracial relationship. So, you know, and is a feminist. So he is the opposite of all those things. And so uh, she was like, cis, male, gender, you know. But I mean, she like was like, let's drag him. But the point I wanted to make is like, she put his name out there, email address. And she's like, let's ruin his life. And this person is close to me. And so I was just like, really? Like, okay, do you know how many blogs I run across where I'm like, this person is a jerk or this person, Renee, you know, you've shared some from one of your favorites. And I'm like, he need to sit down. I would never, ever utter the words, let's ruin his life. And I, and I think that's part of it. It's just like, he laughed it off. And, but I was just like, this is the stuff I'm talking about. Like this girl took hours out of her day 
to do all of this. And I get if you don't agree with what he's saying and you don't want that kind of rhetoric is the word she used out there. But I think it was out of line to post people's personal information and try to ruin their life. Like to me, it's just like this has nothing to do with you. Like move on. This person doesn't even have a huge impact, you know, because they don't have a lot of followers. And it just was like I needed her to come down to a five. Right. I mean, people just need to woosah. The whole right. world just needs to take a big old woosah, uh, basically. And remember that there is something called freedom of speech. Yes. And everybody has an opinion and has a right to it. There's a thing called this con- a constitution that was made years ago that okay. says that we have freedom of speech. So we live in the United States. We have the right to exercise it. And sometimes you just got to let that go and move on. Yeah. And, and again, like, it's fair. I, I share with that person. I was like, you're going to get a lot of controversy. You know, not everyone is going to agree with you. And he's like, yeah, but that's just life, right? You know, um, and I think that's where most people come from, right? Most of these people we're talking about, like, even with the Kevin Hart, it's like, well, sure, I know people aren't going to agree with this, but this is how I feel, right? You know, and so I think a lot of people become surprised when people make all these efforts to drag them because it's like, okay, well, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Sorry. (laughs) You know, like I, you know, came here and I didn't want to smell your barbecue and I thought it was no charcoal day. (laughs) So, you know, that's why I called the cops. I didn't know it meant losing my job. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And what I will say with Barbecue Becky, because I did watch that video, it was the most hilarious 25 minutes of my life, that the reason it got so bad with her is that that lady was following her. And so, again, back to the bullying, in a lot of ways, I definitely didn't feel sorry for Barbecue Becky because it's just like, girl, mind your business and go around the corner or whatever, you know, let these people barbecue. But I did feel a little bit of like, okay, now she's being bullied. Because that woman who was upset about her calling the cops on her friends was up in her face, was following her even as she was trying to get away because, again, political correctness. Because she was trying to say, you're a white lady, you're calling the cops on these black people and it's not right. And I'm going to bully you into, you know, seeing that. And so... Everybody in that situation needed to take a chill pill. Barbecue Becky needed to take a chill pill. The person who was following her needed to take a chill pill. You know, and it's just like everybody just like stop. (laughs) Right. Everybody stop. Hell time. (laughs) That's the thing. Everybody need to dance and laugh a little bit more in life. We all need to stop and have a hammer time break. The, the two people that I love that I just got to give a shout out to are Chrissy Teigen and John Legend because they're a couple who uses their influence to basically unapologetically talk uh, about politics. And I'm so here for it because they will take their platform and they use it for good. And they use it in a way where it's like, in some cases, lighthearted. Like with the Me Too movement and Mute R. Kelly, mm-hmm. John was a little bit more harsh with that. And I understand why, because it was a more serious subject. But Chrissy, on the other hand, is more like gets to the point, but is also fun loving at the same time. And I have 
she makes her point, and I, I like that. So that's awesome that that happens. Yeah, totally. All right, y'all. We are wrapping up this podcast, so we want you to tell us, what do you think? Should people be punished for their associations? Should people be judged for comments made in the past? Do we take the dragging of people too far? And who gets to determine what is right and what is wrong? And should people lose their careers, forced to be stepped down from opportunities, all because of um, their affiliations or comments that were made? So we want to hear from you. As you all know, you can get into the conversation on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Beauty's Banter and use the hashtag Beauty's Banter. If you've got some topics that you want us to discuss, you can email us at beautiesandbanter at gmail.com. And as always, we would love for you to continue leaving us some awesome reviews. You can leave those reviews on iTunes and Google Podcasts. 